0: The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. There are two sides to the broadcast industry, content creators and moneymakers. This podcast is for that second group, sellers, buyers, managers, anyone with an interest in business.
1: You're all welcome here. This is Seller to Seller Now, here's your host, Jeff Caves. Alec Drake is president of Drake Media Group, a sales consulting company. His company offers a range of expertise, including sales operations, team, individual coaching, yield and revenue management strategies, where I think he's a guru, and sales content marketing. Regular writer for Radio Inc. Magazine. You may have read him there. He has insights 24-7 in his free sales success library at alec with a c drake.com in his radio career most recently the dos for cumulus dallas where he managed the ticket sports radio from 2009 to 2021 I, you know with what's going on in the dallas market and what may happen in other markets in florida and elsewhere competition that comes in right against you right alongside you direct format competitors and in sales, how we handle that. So you've got experience with it in your entire radio career in rock and sports talk. So let's just cover that. I want to hear your experiences when you got direct format competition in those formats out.
0: Okay, great. Well, anyone who's been in the business any length of time uh, at some point is going to have that format competitor. I mean, we know it's a very competitive environment regardless. But when you've got that format competitor that comes in and comes right at you, uh, that's a little bit of a different ball game. And, you know, my first experience with that was actually as local sales manager for a heritage rocker in San Antonio, K-I-S-S, the actual mm-hmm. call letters, by the way, KISS FM. And we had a direct competitor come in, uh, Kexel, K-E-X-L. It was owned by Lotus. This is back in, uh, the eighties. And, uh, <laughs> But, you know, when you've been in the business a long time, yeah. your story, your stories go back sometimes. And so when the spring Arbitron book came out, mm-hmm. uh, we lost half our numbers in one book, we, we went from a 12 one share to a five nine share 12 plus. Wow. wow. And I mean, it was devastating in the first 24 hours because it frankly was a much bigger hit than we anticipated. So Part of this was the fact that Kiss kind of opened themselves up. I mean, musically, they were pretty broad. They were playing James Taylor all the way to Judas Priest. And so the competitors saw that, came in and said, hey, we're going to punch a hole in them. And they sure did. So in the 1824 core male listener, I mean, that's what they really came in and took away from us. So after that happened in the spring of 83, it took Kiss and us all the way to the fall of 84. Remember, again, a two book market. The fall of 84, we beat it with a 7-1 share. And I bring that up because we'd had a 12.1. Right. So even though you regain your dominance, so to speak, and you get back maybe to a number one position in your format, you've still got fragmentation now that wasn't there before.
1: So what about the rate strategy? You're, you're there with the 12. Here comes the big comp- competitor. They cut your book in half, uh, your ratings in half. You, you get back the lead, but not by much. So how do you manage that? Rate-wise well, wise with clients
0: you know, first of all, what you learn is, you know, how to pivot, and how to use terms and conditions to navigate your customer relationships. If you've been a heritage station, if you've been in the market quite a while, and you know, you don't build up a a dominant position overnight, that takes Mm -hmm. sometimes years. Mm -hmm. uh, Because there's plenty of radio stations around who've been there a while. So you've got to come and create your dominance, create your heritage position. And when you do, you're promoting value on a constant basis. If you're number one in the market, you're in a premium position. And with that premium position, also comes premium pricing. And you you can't just immediately say, okay, I'm going to just drop down to whatever level I have to, to get the business. Mm -hmm. You've got to
1: understand your value and be, and be confident about it. And then what do you do when the, when the book comes out, and I don't care if it's in 1983 or 2023, Alec, book comes out, you got cut in half. What's the sales strategy then? Well, what you do
0: is you get proactive. You get in get into conversations with all of your clients. In this particular case, we were blindsided a little bit by how much damage was done, but he was already aware that there was a format competitor out there. So there'd already been kind of preliminary conversations, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like, let's wait and see. And you know, we're established, and you know, there's somebody new, and there's a shiny new object. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're working for you. You've worked with us. You know us. You know. And, uh, when they launched, of course, the other thing they did is they went commercial free for the first 30 days anyway.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. Let's, let's get over to sports. And I know in the Dallas market, there had been three stations before and you're, you're familiar with that. Uh, yes. And,
0: you know, versus my musical experience with kiss, which was kind of head on and almost, shall I say one and done, Mm (laughs) The sports experience was much more complicated, especially with three stations. You know, I I became the GSM for the ticket in March of 2009, as you mentioned. Uh, And remember, KESN 103.3, the ESPN affiliate, had been in the market for quite a while. When I got involved with the ticket, Randy Galloway was doing the morning show and and was fairly successful. But uh, and then he retired in 2013. But they had the Mavericks on ESPN. So they had play by play. And then uh, later in 2011, ESPN, they picked up uh, the Rangers mm-hmm. uh, and then the ticket, uh, you know, had been successful, had been dominant. It, it was grown from the ground up. It was literally guerrilla marketing and street level exposure and building that listener one P one at a time that, that got that station to the dominant position it did. Uh, and the other thing to remember, too, is that the ticket had the Cowboys from 2006 to 2009. Uh, so when you look at these kind of competitive situations, especially in sports and news talk, I think there's more things that go into it. And then what happened, we did get to three stations when the fan launched KRLD FM, the fan launched in 2008. Uh, but something else happened in 2008 at the end of 2008, that was the financial crisis. Right. And so when you have a macro event like that, everybody loses. Similar (laughs) to the pandemic. Exactly. So everybody kind of gets knocked down. And so the fans impact wasn't kind of, as f- feeling as direct as it might have, because there was a tsunami that came in and things started to rebound by 2010. And of course, by that point, you've got that second competitor in the market. You start to feel more of the impact of the fragmentation of dollars. You feel the, uh, the, the need to highly differentiate. Now, the ticket was continuing to be the big dog, if uh, I can use that phrase, but it wasn't a cakewalk. I mean, you, you, you earn it every day. Uh, and you know, when you're the king of the hill, everybody wants to knock you down on the sales side, you've really got to be managing your relationships. You've got to back up again, the premium position that you represent, uh, what
1: you you mean by that, Alec, is that during that time period with these competitors, you had to make the call each month. You had to make sure the billing was right. You had to call them back. You had to proactively bring them opportunities. You, You couldn't just know that, oh, I got five months to that renewal. I'll talk to him when I need to talk to him. Is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, exactly what I'm saying. You know, there's the old adage, that you know, competition actually makes you better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have more competition, you've got to get better even still. And sometimes what you find out in that is you find out where you have points of weakness and it gives you a chance to improve that. For, for example, you know, you can have a moderate station with a really strong sales staff that does pretty well. You can also have a really strong station with an average sales team that can do okay. Yeah. So you you learn a lot with competition and with each experience, each customer meeting, each negotiation, you fine tune and you learn where you need to improve. Uh, your communication or improve your process or frankly fine tune your terms and conditions and I've touched on that earlier Uh, I think that's a hallmark of how I always looked at doing business is is to be transparent let people understand where the choices are and understand where you can can compete and where you cannot compete Uh, it doesn't do any good to try to chase somebody
1: down to the bottom of a
0: rate ladder right. Uh, that, that, that's not See a winning position.
1: Right. Yeah. All right. Question. So let's just say you're the market leader and you've been in that role. You got a new format competitor. What are some tips and what are some ideas in in that client relationship and how to manage that?
0: Well, I mentioned, you know, first of all, you never really want to be confident. Uh, excuse me. You never want to be arrogant. You want to be confident. Mm-hmm. So part of managing that relationship is kind of like, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say. Mm-hmm. It, you've got to back up your commitments. You've got to look at what you commit to. You've got to look at continuing to add value. You, you, you can't just sit there and say, well, you know, we're still number one in the market. I mean, the last thing that we did at, at Ticket all those years is we never talked about ratings. We might've had other people talk about ratings, but out on the streets, when you're selling, it really gets down to what are you bringing to the table that can solve somebody's problems? What are you doing that's a solution for me as a business that can bring customers in my front door? All right. Can so, in so other words, can you deliver?
1: So, we hear that all the time. And, and, and I'm just saying, I get that, right? So we talk about adding value. Okay, well, if I'm sitting here listening to this, some guy thinks, I'll just bring donuts on Friday. Uh, Another person thinks, well, then maybe I should give him a free billboard on the weekend show. You know, there's so many different ways to add value. And we throw that term out there, Alec. But we need to determine what the client sees as value, right? And then then execute that rather than just not communicate. Well, communication
0: is paramount. And that means that when you're doing your discovery calls, you know you've got to be better than you've ever been at doing a CNA and getting in there with the client. Hmm. And, and uh, you know, there, one of the things that you and I have talked about before, too, Jeff, especially with a with a brand as strong as the Ticket, you didn't have to explain the product. And a lot of times, uh, I, I used to say to the sales team, you know, there, there, there's three ways we do business. You've got uh, a P one who owns a business and wants to be on the station. Sometimes Frankly, sometimes, even if it's not the right fit, but they don't care. They want to be on the station because they want their buddies to hear them on the station.
1: (laughs) Usually our best clients.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you've got the P1 business person. Then you've got the business person whose customers are P1s. And they're saying all the time, you know, hey, you want to advertise on the ticket. So that creates business. And then you've got all the effort and work that the sales team goes out and produces in terms of people who don't naturally come towards the station. So you've got these different constituencies of clients. And, you know, when we talk about communication, you got to understand who you're talking to and what, what is specific to them that you can deliver. Yeah. Value gets tossed around, but I think it gets down to value is a different position for different people. You know, I might be a business that is trying to reach a smaller group. I might be in a niche Position. How are you going to help me do that? Maybe it's not a schedule that runs twenty four seven across my station for a broad audience. Maybe you're part of a sponsorship in a very key area that that associates you with a specific listener group. So mm-hmm. I, you know, we can get into the you know the individual specifics, but I think a lot of this uh, is understanding, listening, <laughs> understanding, yeah. communicating, and then you've obviously got to be up on your product and be very aware of what is going to come in and make sense. Uh,
1: and, and you've got to prove your worth as a salesperson. All right. Let, let's look at the other situation. What if you are the format competitor that's new and how would you treat the clients that have been on your station and you flip format? And then how would you treat the clients of the competitor, the the, the heritage station that you want to take clients from?
0: You're not launching a new stick in the market. You know, you're, you're changing right. formats. So You've got relationships, you've got business, and from a business standpoint, you don't want to just blow all that up. You want to try to hold on to as much of that as you can, if it makes sense to cross the threshold from one format to another. It depends on how dramatic that is. You know, if if we look at, you know, what's happening in Dallas, Eagle is already attracting men. It's a rock station. You know, Mm -hmm. there was already duplication there. So, in that specific example, there's an existing client base that they want to hold on to. Then they want to look at the incremental benefit of going after people that are advertising on the ticket. But you know what? They've probably been going after the ticket advertisers for years already. So, I think sometimes it's what market situation are you dealing with when a competitor, well, if you're the competitor coming in? You want to look, you're making a change for also another reason is you're making a change because what you were doing wasn't working. And that's telegraphed to the market as well. So Good point. You, I think you've got to make sure you communicate clearly to the business community. Why did you make this change? Mm-hmm. So they understand not just there's an alternative, but why is there an alternative and what happened to what you were doing? Cause guess what? I was advertising on that station till you changed formats. I think as you're the competitor, you're not only managing the existing relationships you have at the same time, you're trying to go after new relationships in the market and not, That, frankly, can be a lot to juggle, and it's not
1: easy. Both sides. What about pricing strategies when you're the competitor coming in? Do you think you should go low and fill it up and show that you're busy and all that?
0: Well, I'm going to go back to my experience uh, in the 80s with with what we did at KISS when we were the dominant station, lost half our numbers, and that competitor came in that was Kexel. As I mentioned, they went commercial-free for the first month. No surprise. Okay, they were trying to get everybody to tune in. No commercials, and, and it was a music station. So why not? What we realized once they came out and things started becoming uh, public about what they were doing is their rates were coming out at fifteen to twenty percent of where our rate card was. So they they were coming in and lowballing like crazy. Sure. sure. We certainly couldn't drop eighty percent in rate to try to compete with that. It was, it would have been crazy. And it would have negated a lot of the relationships and the protection we had in place for our clients. So what we realized is let's, you know, let's help them sell out that station. And we made sure all of our clients knew, hey, you know what, you're going to hear about it anyway. By the way, what we're understanding is, you know, their rates are 15, 20% of what our rates are at the moment. Now, you've got an agreement with us. We've got a relationship. You've got an endorsement with our afternoon show. We've got all these things that are working great for you. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You might want to take advantage of that. And if you have some additional funds, you know, obviously you have a commitment with us, but if you've got some additional funds, you might want to go in there and take advantage of the buzz of the initial launch and get some attention for that. And it might, might be good for you. So one, you're now helping them actually by the competitor don't fight it if you fight it you're just going to look insecure and you're going to look like you don't know what you're talking about okay you talk about it from a business standpoint now here's what happened texel didn't realize well that they were going to sell out very quickly and all of a sudden they went from commercial free in that first month to being sold out in the next month and then they were in a position where they had to raise rates much more quickly than they had anticipated and they couldn't take on any more business. So we kind of intentionally sold them out. It slowed them down. It kind of stalled them with their strategy in terms of sales. We weren't defensive. We kind of got a little bit offensive on the offense in terms of promoting them because we figured people are going to buy them anyway. And they're low ball
1: rates, yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's one strategy that we took. And then lastly, I'll say this. Uh, Being uh, the dominant station at the time, we had clients that came to us and said, "Hey, you lost half your numbers. You need to cut my rates in half." We said, "Well, we're not going to do that because we have an agreement that we went entered into, and you know we have an annual agreement with you. You've got an endorsement here. Now you can cancel that agreement. Uh, one thing we have to say is you'll never have an agreement with us again because what what would an agreement mean at that point? We can look at how we're working together, and when this agreement." is up for renewal. We certainly will take in consideration the fact that you honored your agreement and we will respond to that. No question. And in the meantime, we're going to do other things to try to help you with your business. But we feel like what really matters is how many people are coming through the front door and saying, I heard your commercial long kiss.
1: Right. Right. And put it back on, on that. All right. Yeah. Uh, quickly, Alec, another situation. What if you're number two in the sports format and the competition comes in, you know, we talked about what number one should do. We talked about what the new competitor should do. But what about number two? What do they do?
0: Well, you know, if we're kind of talking back again about sports, um, if you're number two in the market and you've got a competitor coming in, the last thing you want to do is become number three. Part of what goes into this equation is, you know, what is your play-by-play? What is your show lineup? You know, everybody has their, their core listeners, their P1s, right? So you're not going to lose that. I would suggest one of the things you do as number two is maybe you go from thinking as a competitor to now thinking as a follower. You know, it's a little bit in pricing, Jeff, as an example. You've got the price leader, the price follower, and the price cutter. It usually can be a third, a third, and a third. (laughs) Top third of the market's leading. The middle of the pack's kind of following. They're just looking for signals. And then the bottom, they're just going to be price cutting all the time. So be strategic about it. And look at what. How does the leader respond to this new format comparator coming in? And follow their lead. You know, it's kind of like the enemy of my enemy is my friend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just kind of if they're at if they're at a hundred dollars, you know, you want to stay at maybe eighty-five dollars or eight, or wherever you have been. Just hug up if they go down to 90 well maybe you want to go down to 75 or whatever well, whatever the ratio is
0: absolutely from a, from a pricing standpoint and, and also look at what they're doing in terms of added value and other things and, and you know learn from them because they have the most to lose as the leader and i think you can take some cues from that and usually if you're the two established stations in the market anyway you know each other pretty well
1: yeah okay lastly do you think in the say just looking at the sales piece? Is it better to have three three f- people in the same format? I, I would say right now that in Dallas
0: uh, that the ticket and the fan would say, no, We you know, we don't need three. <laughs> there has been three stations in the past, and ticket was the dominant station, and then you had the other two. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment there where fan kind of got up pretty good and, and made a pretty good run at ticket and actually beat them in a couple of demos and a couple of day parts, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, So you can have a moment where, where, you know, you do pretty good, but basically over all the years, if you look at it, ticket has, has been the stronghold for the format and, and fan has got a good station too. They've established themselves. Like I said, you know, they've been around since 2008. So what's interesting is in this case, you've got a third station coming in. That's also got a pretty good shot because they've got established personalities coming on the station. They're, they're going to, you know, make a pretty good run. I would say there's going to be the buzz that's going to happen in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then let's see what sustains. What does the longer term game look like? And I think, uh, especially in Dallas, Fort Worth, you've got, you've got room for three stations because we've had three stations before there is going to be fragmentation. And let's say you're not in Dallas. Let's say you're in any market USA. Sure. And you've got two CHRs competing and a third CHR comes in. You know what? That's a tough putt. Like I said, just cause you come in, especially today. I mean, it's different than it was back in the 80s when we got a competitor. You know? right. uh, it, it, radio is not radio anymore. It's audio. It's distributed on so many different platforms. It, it, you know, it, it's multidimensional. So I think when a competitor comes in, it means a, a, a lot of different things today than it used to. But getting back to clients for a minute too, I would say the key thing is it's about trust. When you talk about agreements, you're talking about trust between your clients and yourself. And no matter what the competition is doing, you've got to look at your relationships and making sure you've built trust with your
1: clients. Excellent. Uh, it's always good, Alec. Thank you so much for joining us here. Appreciate that.
0: Well, Jeff, you're welcome. The, the only thing that I don't like about these podcasts sometimes is we have so much content and we run out of time. But well, that's maybe
1: get. Alecdrake.com. You get the, the sales <laughs> success library for free, True. right?
0: Well, I, I appreciate the invitation.
1: So it's Alec with a C. AlecDrake.com. And hey, please uh, review, subscribe to Seller to Seller. Pass this along to your friends. That's how we grow it. You can email me, is 54 at gmail.com. With interview requests, more people like Alec. Check BarrettSportsMedia.com for weekly sales columns and past pods. I will talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to Seller to Seller with Jeff Caves. Each episode is available on iTunes,
0: Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and most podcasting platforms. To stay in touch with Jeff, follow him on Twitter at Jeff Caves. And read his sales columns on BarrettSportsMedia.com.